You're listening to Sound Opinions, and uh, later on in the show, Jim, we're going to review some new releases from Margot Price and Juice World. But first, in honor of our show going indie, it's songs about new beginnings. Yes, Greg. Uh, for 15 years, we recorded the show and partnered with WBEZ, uh, Chicago Public Radio. We are now an independent production, uh, which means there's a lot more stuff to carry, it seems <laughs> like. That, that's, that's, that's part of it. Uh, thankfully, we have uh, the continued uh, support and faith and hard work of Andrew Gill and Alex Claiborne, our producers. Uh, but it kind of feels like starting over, doesn't it? So we thought in honor of this new start for Sound Opinions after an extraordinary 770 episodes, uh, let's do songs about new beginnings, starting over, starting fresh, renewal. Yes, fresh starts. There's nothing like it. Uh, It's a great feeling. And uh, when we bandied this idea about a few weeks ago, I immediately thought of a song by one Nina Simone. One of my favorite singers of all time singing uh, a great song, which is probably not in her typical wheelhouse. Normally, people think of Nina as a very strident, politically oriented singer, deep emotional wells of uh, feeling uh, in whatever she touches. For sure. And here she is tackling a, uh, a Broadway show tune. Mm. The last thing you would expect from Nina Simone, but in fact, the song that she put out in 1965 on her I Put a Spell on You album is, uh, to me, one of her signature tracks because it indicates what she can do with material that some may deem as slight or not worthy of that voice. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good, baby. All right. (laughs) I got it. I'm I'm with you. This is, uh, this is a track called Feeling Good. Uh, it was written, uh, co-written by Anthony Newley for the Broadway musical The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. 1964 was a huge Broadway hit. The song itself has been covered by numerous artists. Everyone from John Coltrane wow. to the Pussycat Dolls have done <laughs> versions of Feeling Good. There's some range. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But Nina was one of the first to uh, record it, and her version, I think, is the definitive one. Uh, She just owns it. And when the horns kick in on this song, man, if you don't want to move and just swagger across the room feeling great, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's Feeling Good by Nina Simone on Sound Opinions. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me, yeah It's a new dawn, it's a new day It's a new life for me And I'm feeling good Fish in the sea you know how I feel River running free You know how I feel Blossom on the tree You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life For me And I'm feeling Dragonfly out in the sun, you know what I mean, don't you know? 
butterflies all having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean And this old world is a new world And a bold world for me Nina Simone with Feeling Good, exactly the way I'm feeling. I think you share that opinion, uh, Mr. DeRogatis. Uh, I, I do. It is uh, encouraging to be starting over. But also, Greg, this is the first recording uh, that we've done in months and months where we are in the same room. <laughs> That's true. You're far enough away. I don't know if I could hit you We're with socially distant, yes. Yeah, we are social distancing, but uh, at least you and I are together. I'm going to go uh, with my picks. Uh, I have two of them which would be considered part of that dread, easy-listening genre. But both of them have a surprising amount of depth, far beyond, you know, the platforms where I first heard them, which was uh, 70s AM pop hit radio, right? My first New Beginning song is I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash. And everybody knows this song, right? Everybody of a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, but, uh, you know... The, the backstory of Johnny Nash is fascinating. He's an African-American singer-songwriter uh, born in Houston, right? He gets signed to a major label early on uh, because uh, ABC Records thinks he's going to be uh, a competitor to Johnny Mathis, right? A smooth, suave black man with a wonderful, uh, smooth voice, right? Mm-hmm. Seductive, classy, cool. Um, but there's so much more to Johnny Nash, even though he he never kind of colors outside the AM hit lines, right? There's a depth to him and a fascination with roots music. He is fascinated with Jamaica. This hit, I can see clearly now, is the first major hit anywhere in the world recorded by a non-Jamaican musician who traveled to Kingston to record there. But the Johnny Nash story, this this would make a heck of a movie. He also formed, early on, his own independent record company with his manager. Among the records they put out in the early days were the first recordings by the Cow Sills, mm-hmm. right? The band on which the Partridge family was modeled. <laughs> and he also made some recordings when he was going back and forth to Jamaica with a very young Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. Mm-hmm. He lost the rights to those songs. <laughs> he wasn't a very good businessman. Uh, and sadly, at 79, just recently he witnessed uh, most of his master recordings destroyed in that fire that swept through the Universal Archives out in in, in, uh, in the West Coast. Uh, but I can see clearly now, it's about, I had some stuff in my way. <laughs> Bad weather, obstacles, uh, he could see them. Uh, and, and now he sees them clearly, and he is finding a way around them. The dark clouds are parting, and it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Sunshine will be a recurring metaphor throughout this episode. Uh, I think we could all use the clouds to part in 2020 and start to see some sun. Here's Johnny Nash. I can see clearly now a big hit in 1972. I can see clearly now the rain is gone I can see all obstacles in my way Gone are the 
Johnny Nash, I can see clearly now. I know you love this song too, Greg, but you, you love pop radio in the 70s. Well, the 70s pop radio was a huge influence, and uh, I love the Jamaican vibe by the non-Jamaican on the song. Yes. I'm going to push through to the 80s now, Jim, and uh, one of the signature songs by one of the signature bands of that decade, R.E.M. Uh, riffing on Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. Mm. Uh, the second begin in the Cole Porter song is spelled B-E-G-U-I-N-E. He is referring to a Caribbean dance. Right. Um, and, you know, of course, Michael Stipe, Dada poet that he is, you know, says begin the begin, yeah. spelling it the, the same way both times. Talking about renewal in a way in, in, the, in the framework of political activism at the height of the Reagan 80s, saying basically get off your butt, be the revolution. You're the, you're the person that can do this. Um, so, you know, the shout out against conformity and complacency uh, began the band's fourth album, Life's Rich Pageant. Everybody was talking about the fact that R.E.M. had discovered its political consciousness. I think it was always there. It was just a little more vague and disguised beneath some of those lyrics. But here, Michael Stipe was really proclaiming uh, the necessity of, uh, you know, stepping up and renewing yourself and by, in the same way, renewing your community. So it's never too late is basically what he's saying. The key lines for me, to paraphrase, the finest example of what the revolution is or could be is you. He put it right on us in the yeah. song. Yeah. You can do this. Begin the begin from R.E.M. on Sound Opinion.
begin the beginning from R.E.M. starting over politically in the 80s, just like we were starting over as a radio show in Boy, the 2000s. <laughs> I wish we had the R.E.M. back from when R.E.M. was R.E.M., Greg. Um, I, I rushed to get my list together first because I knew you might claim this song. Uh, it's one by the Velvet Underground from the third self-titled Velvet's album in 1969, Beginning to See the Light. What's fascinating about that third album, to me, is uh, not only uh, the mix of very slow, introspective, uh, slowcore, the birth of slowcore, sonically, some of those songs, uh, but also the general optimism, even in the rockers, and beginning to see the light as one of those rockers. Um, This is the band that gave us heroin. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is the band that gave us Sister Ray on those first two albums. And suddenly, Lou Reed is singing songs like Some Kind of Love, Pale Blue Eyes, Jesus, I'm Set Free, and Beginning to See the Light. Uh, He is beginning to see the light. Some people work very hard. They never get it right. But he is finding another way. There are problems in these times, but ooh, none of them are mine, <laughs> Lou sings. And uh, I, I just love that. And and the song ends with that rousing coda of how does it feel to be loved? I feel love. You know, we have been hearing from many of our listeners since the news that we were going to be going independent. We hope you're not going away. Don't go away. It's nice to be loved, Greg. And I love you. And I love the Velvet Underground. And I love Ellen Willis. Shout out to one of my all-time favorite rock critics who named the anthology of her work, pioneering female rock critic writing for The New Yorker. She named it after this song, Beginning to See the Light, Sex, Hope, and Rock and Roll is the book. Read it, kids. Here's the Velvets on Sound Opinions. Velvet Underground, 1969, the third album. I love that song. Oh, yeah. I know you're going to argue <laughs> with me that you would have played the 1969 live version. They're all great. They're all, there's no bad moments. Yeah. 
We'll be back after a break to share more of our favorite songs about new beginnings as we celebrate the rebirth of Sound Opinions. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago, distributed nationally by PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And this week, we are sharing songs, some of our favorites, about new beginnings in honor of our own. After 15 years with WBEZ, Chicago Public Radio, we are now an independent production. Um, Greg, we got a lot of bills to pay. You better <laughs> you better go a little faster on that hamster wheel. But you have another song for us first. I do indeed. Uh, Arcade Fire with uh, Ready to Start. Very appropriate theme for today's show, Jim, uh, from their third album, The uh, Suburbs, in 2010. Uh, I love that album. I love this song in particular. You know, that line about uh, the, the emperor has no clothes. Uh, and it's often easier, more convenient to ignore that. Okay, we're... You know, we're cool with that. We'll, we're we're going to conform. There's some things we don't really like about what's going on, but, we'll, you know, it's easier to get in line and sort of get, get what's yours and not worry about everything else. And this song is about an awakening, much like uh, Begin the Begin by R.E.M. Uh, we're talking about a political awakening, but also a personal one, where the complacency starts to fall away when you realize... You're just spinning your wheels. Talk about a hamster, you know. This is this is an example of of getting off that spinning wheel. Now I'm ready to start. My mind is open wide. I'm seeing the world in a new way. I am beginning to see the light. Now I'm ready to start. Talk about a song about fresh starts. It's Arcade Fire with Ready to Start on Sound Opinion. All the kids have always known. Arcade Fire, ready to start. I love the way that song just keeps surging and surging. It yes. really just keeps building, and it could go on for another 10 minutes. And sometimes in concert, they would stretch it out, <laughs> and it would sound great. I said, I, I never want this to end. It's, no. a, it's a great song. Well, I love that. Greg, I'm going back to 70s AM pop radio again. Um, you know, young Jim, growing up, listening to Casey Kasem, uh, I was struck by some songs. I knew even then that some were cheese, but there were others, even though they were big hits, that seemed to have a different element. I'm going to talk about The Carpenters and We've Only Just Begun, uh, which I feel Sound Opinions has only just begun. Now, 
The Carpenters uh, were dismissed by many in the 70s because they were so blatantly commercial. And this song in particular literally started as a commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a guy named Paul Williams. Hey, Kiss, Phantom of the Opera, and a million other songs, right? Uh, Paul Williams wrote this for the Crocker National Bank in California because it was trying to get more young depositors. in 1970 and Richard Carpenter who was the blatant commercial mastermind of the Carpenters while his sister was the soul Karen Carpenter he heard this song he decides for the two of them to record it what is extraordinary about their version as with every Carpenter's song is the soulful deep smoky, uh, multi-leveled vocals of Karen Carpenter. It is never just about the lyrics that she is singing. And no, I don't buy the 90s revisionist postmodern reappreciation of Carpenter's that we just feel that way now because we know that she had a very tragic ending. She died at the age of 32 in 1983 of heart failure brought on by eating disorders. Mm was a very troubled woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, Richard Carpenter was troubled as well. Problems with drugs. They were pushed to stardom by their parents. And the parents kind of, uh, especially the mom, oversaw those early recording sessions. It was all rather creepy. But the music endures. And there's a blatant sort of pain and a wistfulness and a longing for something better. When Karen is singing, you know, uh, so many roads to choose. We're only starting out walking and and we've got to learn to run, you Mm -hmm. know. I love the perseverance. And I think it's a testament to the depth of the song. And and in particular, it was nothing before her version of it. That, yeah, you had a lot of easy listening covers. Barry Manilow, Perry Como, Johnny Mathis. But Curtis Mayfield did a version of this song in 71 on Curtis Live. And Bat for Lashes has a killer version that her fans are adoring uh, much more recently. You know, the Carpenters had the goods. They had the cheese, but they had the goods. We've only just begun on Sound Opinions. So many roads to choose. We start out walking and learn to along the way 
Flashback, 1970. Made an impact on me when I was six, Greg. The Carpenters, we've only just begun. I have to say I've done a 180 on, on Karen. I uh, was not a fan, you know. I wasn't cool enough to like Karen Carpenter, you know, and the Carpenters when they were big hits on AM radio. But I, have, I owe it to my brother-in-law for uh, allowing me to see the light about her. And uh, what a voice... And so understated. Yes. It's almost like you need that voice now because there's a lot of histrionic singing out there, let's right. face it. And she was just so, you know, understated in the way she was able to express really, as you said, very deep emotions. Um, and it, it just made a huge impact on me later on. Yeah. So I'm and glad. I forgot to say, a very, very good drummer. Now, on yeah. some of those recordings, Hal Blaine, the great West Coast session musician, played. And he said it was only because he hit much harder. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the recording studio, you know, you had, you had X amount of time. You had to do it one take, right? But he said Karen was an extraordinary drummer. And, sometimes, you know, there's performance footage of her singing and playing, yeah. which is really hard. <laughs> Just ask Phil Collins. That is not easy to do, for sure. You know, you mentioned cheese, and I think we do need a little cheese in the show because it's appropriate with the feelings that we're we're having at the moment. You know, uh, kind of yeah. complex, but at the same time, hey, you know, this is a this is a fresh start. And uh, you know, I'm going to go to uh, Nas uh, back in 2003 with I Can. Uh, it was an outlier on that 2002 album on which it originally appeared, and there was a single in 2003, big hit. Uh, God's Son was the name of the album. That was a pretty serious Nas album. A lot of people said it was somewhat of a return to form for him. Uh, but I Can was sort of a, an inspirational track basically aimed at kids. You know, stay in school, stay off drugs, study hard, kids, stop wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I can be what I want to be is the, is the chant that goes on through this song. But I have to say that this... You know, you talk about the charms of 70s AM radio. This was one of those big radio hits that I couldn't get enough of. I know it was cheesy. I know it was catchy, almost like, you know, the flu, it some people would say. It was hip-hop bubblegum. But it was just wonderful uh, in the sentiment, to hear that sentiment. And these, you know, you put kids' voices on a record, you know, <laughs> I'm halfway there already. Another you know, the call, the wall. The call and response there, I just love it. So it puts a smile on my face. And maybe it will yours as well. I can by Nas on Sound Opinions. B, B, for we came to this country. We were kings and queens, never porch monkeys. There was empires in Africa called Kush. Timbuktu, where every race came to get books to learn from black teachers who taught Greeks and Romans, Asian Arabs, and gave them gold. When gold was converted to money, it all changed. Money then became empowerment for Europeans. The Persian military invaded. They heard about the gold, the teachings, and everything sacred. Africa was almost robbed naked. Slavery was money so they began making slave ships. Egypt was the place that Alexander the Great went. He wasn't shocked that the mountains were black faces. Shot up their nose to impose what basically still goes on today you see. If the truth is told, the youth can grow. They learn to survive until they gain control. Nobody says you have to be gangsters hoes. Read more, learn more, change the globe. Ghetto children, do your thing. Hold your head up little man, you're a king Young princess, when you get your wedding ring Your man is saying, she's my queen I know I can Be what I wanna be If I work hard at it I'll be where I wanna be
That is I Can by Nas. I should also point out it uh, samples for release by Beethoven. Ah. Which, again, talk about childhood memories. Remember Schroeder in uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Well, I'm flashing That's the on, song on he would the play. Young Gregory Cott. Yes. He was taking piano lessons. First song I learned on the piano. Ah, I knew so that was So there you go. All sorts of childhood memories are sort of swimming through this song. All right, well, I'm going to, for my last pick, get a little bit nostalgic, too. Um, Greg, I remember the two of us showing up early at South by Southwest, the music festival in Austin, hopefully no, not late lamented, hopefully it will happen again one day, uh, to hear a key- keynote speech. When we were both at the Daily Newspapers, we had to cover the keynote speeches, and there was this surprise performance, uh, had not been touted in advance, by a Texas group called the Polyphonic Spree. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, I didn't even realize at the time uh, that the Polyphonic Spree was brought together out of the ashes of a band I love very much. Uh, Tim DeLofter's uh, previous group, Tripping Daisy, was very much in the mold of uh, Flaming Lips. And now he had recruited uh, a minimum of 12, sometimes as many <laughs> as double that, uh, fellow musicians, orchestral players, some of them, uh, some of them just singers. They were all in white robes. He had grown up uh, in part in the Pentecostal church, and so there was this religious element. And I remember our minds were blown (laughs) the first time we saw Polyphonic Spree, which was really the first big show they ever had. We later had them on Incarnations of Sound Opinions. It was a group we we enjoyed very much. You know, let me tell you about one of the great stories that got away in my career. I was asked to write an in-depth feature about Polyphonic Spree uh, for a magazine that was just starting up. This was going to be maybe the cover story, but one of the keys of issue number one. And I traveled up and down the West Coast Mm -hmm. on the bus with (laughs) two dozen musicians, various children, a few roadies, lots of white robes, uh, a huge trailer full of instruments, you know, and I wanted, like, on the road with the Polyphonic Spree, you know, L.A. up to San Francisco, right? And and it was it was astounding. They lived the optimism and sort of collective communal ethos mm. that you well, that was portrayed on stage. They were living it. I wrote the piece. The magazine never came out. I didn't save I, like somewhere on a hard drive. I lost long ago. Oh, is that man. piece? I don't know. I wish I could relive that piece. Instead, every time I hear this song. I relive that sense of optimism, of community, of people banding together to bask in the sun. You know, hope has come. You are safe. I'm on my way. Hey, now it's the sun, and it makes me shine. I just, man, I'm, I'm happy. I'm so happy. Thank you for continuing to do this show with me, Greg. Everybody, get happy with the polyphonic spree. It's the sun.
It's the sun, Greg. <laughs> Among the members of Polyphonic Spree, trivia note. Yeah, St. Vincent, right? St. Vincent. Yeah. Annie Clark. I'm telling you. And David Bowie loved them. He wanted to make a record with them. Well, I think uh, one of our producers, Alex Claiborne, also loves them. She said, you just took us to church. We're putting on the white robes right now in honor of that song. And uh, our first show as an independent uh, operation here. And uh, even though we are wrapping up our favorite songs about New Beginnings, we do want to hear from you, our listeners. What's your favorite track about a new beginning? Leave us a comment with your answer and why on our Facebook or Twitter. And coming up, we're going to review the new record from singer Margot Price and the posthumous album by Chicago hip-hop artist Juice World. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago and distributed nationally by PRX. Because I'm... Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. That is a little bit of That's How Rumors Get Started, the title track of the third solo album by Margot Price. Uh, Greg, we had Margot as a guest on Sound Opinions, show number 655. Her story, uh, I'll recap briefly, is a great one. Grows up in a small town in western uh, Illinois, moves to Nashville to start out as a singer-songwriter, marries a musician, Jeremy Ivey. They're in a band together. Uh, He is still a a co-songwriter and musician with her. Uh, She has won some really impressive fans. Her first album uh, was put out by Jack White. The new album is produced by uh, superstar Greg Sturgill Simpson. He wasn't that well-known when he was just a member of one of her bands on Mm -hmm. the road. Uh, Now he's at the helm, along with some really impressive session musicians, the uh, superstar bassist Pino Palladino, our friend, friend of Sound Opinions, Ben Montench, Tom Petty's keyboardist, and the great soul drummer James Gadsen. But you can't take away the vision and the talent, the voice, and the novelistic eye of Margot Price. We'll get into much more of that. But first, a song from That's How Rumors Get Started, album number three by Margot Price. This is called Prisoner of the Highway. I grew where I was planted, but I never felt at home. My head was filled with questions, and my feet Trailers as a trophy. 
Prisoner of the Highway from Margot Price's third studio album. That's how rumors get started. You know, Jim, I remember seeing her in concert in 2018, and even then it was apparent that, oh, she's a female singer-songwriter from Nashville, therefore she must be a country artist. It's almost like you get typecast just by the way you look. Yeah. And it was very clear even then that this was not somebody who was going to be typecast. I mean, she did a just a scorching cover of that CCR song, Proud Mary, except the <laughs> Tina Turner version of it, you know? Yeah. Just incredible. And you realize what a wide-ranging sense of uh, music she has. When you're talking about country, you're talking about the country of America, which includes blues, gospel, rock, soul. She's incorporating all of those elements into this record. It's eclectic for that reason in a very good way, because at the heart of it, her songwriting holds it together. This is a song about, you know, you spend the first 20 years of your life in one place, basically a nowhere town in a nowhere part of the Midwest, and then you end up spending the next 20 years of your life scrapping and scraping and being on the road trying to make a, make a living as an adult. And this, this song is really about that transition. And it builds and builds to that song we just played, Prisoner of the Highway. It's the penultimate song on the record. And there's some wrenching lines on here. I sacrificed my family. I sacrificed true love. I sacrificed my unborn child to the heavens up above. Yeah. I sacrificed my unborn child to the heavens up above. Oh, there was not a limit to those I would betray. about the fact that she she lost a child uh, at childbirth you know just the toll the personal toll that this life can play on you so between the subject matter which is p- very personal and the music which is so you know so much variety I mean you, you, you think of a song like heartless mind it, it sounds like a new wave track yeah you know you build up to that uh, incredible finale, that uh, wrenching ballad, I'd Die For You. But honey, I would die for you. And you think about the Fleetwood Mac kind of reference there in that very first song that we played. That's how rumors get started. You know, very Christine McVie vibe on that song. Well, I, I think her secret recipe, Greg, is imagine Fleetwood Mac if instead of, of Christine and uh, Stevie, uh, it was fronted by Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette. Right. <laughs> you know, that's no exaggeration. Yeah. And I'll make another uh, seemingly hyperbolic claim. I think her partnership with her husband, Jeremy Ivey, if there's a more talented duo in, in modern uh, singer-songwriter, alt-country, or any other genre today, I think you have to maybe consider Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires, mm-hmm. but it's a close tie. Uh, there's a great partnership there. And man, you know, you, you said very, very personal, but I think uh, right now we are all living in these challenging times, and who can't relate to a line like pennies in a woman's hand, missing teeth, or payment plans? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us have been forced to wonder, are we one step away, you know, right. from uh, from not having health insurance, from mm-hmm. not being able to make ends meet. There's a universality. Uh, there's also some politics. Now, Sturgill Simpson led fire with both barrels on his recent album. He's producing here. Margot Price is a little bit more low-key 
you know, she's wondering if the president sleeps at night. Mm. You know, it's from that that personal angle. And, you know, you could be on any side of the political divide and relate to a line like that. But this is a brilliant and beautiful album. And, you know, one, one sin a music critic should never make is to say, I can't wait for the next one. But in all the interviews she's giving, she's talking about a uh, psilocybin-laced psychedelic gospel <laughs> album. Yeah. Man, I want to hear that. I like Gucci suit, I'm feeling righteous Yeah, I know that the truth is hard to digest Yeah, five or six pixels in my right hand Yeah, I'm running over on my nightstand Taking medicine to fix all of the damage My anxiety the size of a planet Holes in my skull Over time, my heart's over that's a track called Righteous from Juice World's third album, Legends Never Die. Uh, Juice World, a.k.a. Jared Higgins, who uh, died in early December 2019 of drug-related cardiac arrest at Midway Airport just a few days after his 21st birthday. Some of you may be wondering, who is Juice World? He was one of the most popular rappers in the world when he died, and he continues to be one of the most popular rappers in the world in death. What an impact this young man had in his very short life. He grew up in a suburban Homewood, uh, was considered somewhat of a musical prodigy at his high school, was a songwriter who was equally influenced by uh, Kurt Cobain and, and Kanye West, specifically that 808s and Heartbreak record that mm-hmm. was a big influence on his, on his writing style. He broke through with a track called Lucid Dreams that uh, repurposed that guitar hook from Sting's 1993 track, Shape of My Heart, and his 2018 major label debut, Goodbye and Good Riddance, sold a million copies on the back of that hit. 2019 follow-up, Death Race for Love, debuted at number one, uh, sold another 500,000 copies. The world seemed to be opening up before this young man's eyes, but he had a consistent issue with drugs that he addresses very frankly in his music, including the new album. Uh, We're going to play a track from this record, which has already surpassed uh, another 500,000 in album-equivalent units. The track we're going to play from Legends Never Die by Juice World is Come and Go on Sound Opinions. I try to be everything that I can, but sometimes I come out as being nothing. I try to be everything that I can, but sometimes I come out as being nothing. I pray to God that he make me a better man <sighs> Maybe one day I'ma stand for something I'm thanking God that he made you part of the plan I guess I ain't go through all that hell for nothing I'm always funny, open record It seems like I perfected it I offer you my love, I hope you take it like some matters Tell me ain't nobody better than me I think that there's better than me Hope you see the better in me Always end up better in me I don't wanna ruin this one This type of love don't always come and go I don't wanna ruin this one This type of love don't always come and go That is Come and Go from the new album by Juice World, Legends Never Die. Uh, Greg, as critics, neither of us are very fond 
of albums that come out where there was little to no control by the artist. What would this album have been if Mr. Higgins had lived to complete it his way? Uh, We don't know. What it is here is a really mixed bag from an extraordinary talent that we lost far too soon. Uh, It's bloated. 21 tracks, 55 minutes. You mentioned Kanye West's uh, extraordinary introspective 808s and heartbreak. At its best moments, uh, Legends Never Die evokes that. At its worst, Post Malone, and I think even more disappointingly, at its worst, it sounds like Drake. Uh, In terms of that mid-tempo kind of emo hip-hop, woe is me, I've had a tough life. Now, he did have a tough life. He was addicted to prescription drugs. Uh, the amount of times he, he drops references to codeine uh, in particular, which is one of the drugs that was found in his system when he died uh, you know, of an accidental overdose in Chicago at the airport. Half the time, he doesn't have profound things to say. On bad energy, uh, feel like I'm losing even though I'm winning. On Titanic, I'm going down like Titanic. I mean, come on, man. At the end, we get a litany uh, of his talents as a freestyle rapper from some of his friends who sing his praises. Yeah. Have you ever seen his freestyles? Yeah. They're, they're so, they're never ending. Like you can do it for like an hour. And, and yeah. he makes total sense the entire time and is actually really inc- like good, like intricate flow patterns. He, like to me, he was the best freestyle I've ever seen. I wish we had that kind of lyrical dexterity that they're talking to more present on this record. There are extraordinary moments that uh, that are, are very, very powerful, and then there's just a whole lot of stuff that really needed more time to be worked out, and, and it's overproduced. Skrillex coming in, and Dr. Luke, and I don't need either of them. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just disappointing. I think he was a talent that deserved more. You know, I, I don't think it's a, a particularly a profound album lyrically uh there is kind of one topic that he focuses on but i think that's a lot of what his audience is relating to i think you know when when you talk about post malone you know post malone whether you love him or hate him is a hook machine and so is juice world you know they write very catchy uh songs yeah and it is song oriented there's some singing slash rapping on this record he's not just sort of you know, uh, talking about beats and rhymes, he's talking about pop songs. I can't breathe, I'm waiting for the exhale. Talk my pain with my wishes in a wishing well. Still no luck, but oh well. I still try even though I know I'm gonna fail. And you know, when you talk about emo rap, I mean, he's part of this indie hip-hop movement that has come of age on the SoundCloud platform. You know, artists like Extension and Lil Peep have gone mainstream and now Juice World with consecutive albums that have been huge sellers at a time when not much has been selling at all. Uh, he's clearly speaking for a generation of young people who feel similarly lost and anxious and worried and maybe self-medicating, maybe verging on depression. He's not celebrating the drugs at all. He is definitely saying, I want out of this. I'm trying to figure out a way how. You know, when he talks about, I still try even though I know I'm going to fail, that's about as much hope as we get. So I think my criticism of the record isn't so much that there isn't enough inventiveness on it. I think 
you know, that track we just played where he's basically combining rock and, and sort of that EDM flourish in the middle of it. Uh, he's doing some inventive things musically. I think from a standpoint of the lyrics, you know, we would have liked to have seen some more growth, but sadly, a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways, because this young man died basically living the life he was describing in most of these songs. Well, as you can hear, we've got thoughts, lots of them, on the new Margot Price record and the new Juice World record. Uh, what do you think of the new music from these two artists? Leave a comment for us with your opinion on Facebook or Twitter. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, I love doing these shows. You do, too. Uh, we're going to dig deep, get some buried treasures in front of you, records that uh, are beneath the mainstream radar that we think you need to hear. You can hear more Sound Opinions wherever you get your podcasts or on the newly revamped soundopinions.org. The show was produced by Andrew Gill and Alex Claiborne. Thank you for staying with us, both of you. Greg, we don't often give special thank yous at the end of a show, but there have been so many people hustling over the last few weeks to make it possible for us to continue as an independent production that we have got to give a shout-out to some of them. Dino Armiros, Nick Skipateris, Miles Taub and the Goldschmidt Foundation, Brendan Metzger, John Barth, Steve Martin, Bruce Warren, Steve Corey and Eric Friedman, Nia Tavalaros, thank you. And most of all, thank you, the listener, for sticking with us. You can connect with us on Patreon, Twitter, and Facebook.